What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Film with CJ. My name is CJ. My pronouns are they, them. Can you tell that this new mic is it? Like, she's giving. The holidays are over. I'm ready to get to warmer weather. I'm ready to proceed with life beyond the holidays. I know some people really enjoy the holidays this past year. Didn't enjoy them as much as I have in previous years, but that's okay. And I'm keeping on with the keeping on. It has been raining and snowing and so windy in Chicago. I'm looking outside the window right now and there's literally like rain slash snow blowing horizontally because it's so windy here. And thankfully when I walked my dog this morning, it was not doing this, but it was incredibly windy. And if you've never been to Chicago in the winter or lived in Chicago through the wintertime, it can be like a decently okay temperature outside, like mid 30s, mid upper 30s. That doesn't really even feel that cold if you're dressed appropriately. But if it's windy, it can feel like at least 10 degrees colder and it just cuts through like all of your clothes if you're not wearing like an appropriate winter coat, which there's a science to that. There's a science to that. And unfortunately, unless you want to wear like five, six, seven layers of regular clothing underneath the okay coat, you kind of have to spend like at least $150 to $200 on an appropriate coat that will keep you warm and that will last you. I have a coat from Eddie Bauer that I've had for maybe uh, it's probably like four years now and it's incredible. It like goes down to my calves. Um, but that coat regularly priced was I think over $300 and my mom got it on sale but I, I think she still paid like over $100 for it. It's still a great coat. It's just, it sucks that like a winter coat has to be an investment piece for people who live in cold weather. This week, I want to talk about the Matrix Resurrections. Oh man, did this movie give me a fucking headache? This movie, I, the frustration I feel... It kind of makes me speechless. It very much does make me speechless. I just don't... Again, I I, I don't understand. I, like, this, this movie was a movie that clearly was a money grab, and that makes me fucking mad. Um, and sometimes money grab movies are okay if the movie is good. Like, what I mean by money grab is The Matrix... The Matrix trilogy is a very defined Matrix trilogy. This trilogy was, in my opinion, revolutionary. It did so many things well. It had great, a great story. It had great characters. There was, you know, a villain that was actually, like, moving, kind of. Like, not like you felt empathy towards the villain, but genuinely genuinely felt like the villain and the protagonist neo were equally matched and one could overtake the other just depended on the situation and the environment and not necessarily was a given that the protagonist would win all the time and i think when the matrix came out 
I mean, I was very young. I think the first one came out in, like, 1999. I was two. But growing up watching these, it was, like, mind-blowing. Like, this dystopian, sci-fi, futuristic movie with black people in it and with, a, with like, a main character who actually fight in a wardrobe that was amazing and, like, special effects that I feel like were kind of ahead of its time for the late 90s. Um, and, and just the concept of it was just super, super cool to me. So I felt like the trilogy, you know, was very complete and... For them, for the Wachowski, actually, it was just Lana, um, who did the did this one that just came out, you know, a couple of days ago or a, couple, or a week ago or something. It was very clear that to resurrect this trilogy after twenty plus years, it was a money. It was a money grab because the, the three movies before were very complete. The story was complete, and. There wasn't necessarily anything more to tell. I feel like there are times when you can resurrect a series or a trilogy or just, you know, a collection of movies and add on to it, and it does turn out to be good. However, I feel like those situations are very rare in this movie. Did the trilogy such a disservice? It did it, it, did it such a disservice to a point where, like, I was really frustrated and I wish this movie never came out. But this movie did way more things badly or poorly than it did things well. And I really think the only positive thing that I have to say about this movie is that I think the concept in the first half of the movie was decent. If you have not seen the third movie in the Matrix trilogy, I believe it came out in 2003. So it's been a while um the ending of the third movie pretty much shows that neo has come to an agreement with the machines to end the war pretty much and um there are conditions with that that um are discussed or elaborated more on in the fourth movie so i can't really say you know, what those conditions were, but Neo and the machines come to an agreement to end the war, and that's that, and it pretty much just ends the trilogy. There's kind of like a final note that I felt was very conclusive. The fourth movie, the first half of the fourth movie, kind of discusses what happened between the machines and Neo, what that agreement looked like, what was the aftermath of that? What were any kind of implications? How it affected anyone else in Zion? Those kinds of things. And I think that concept in terms of like the specificity of it and how everything came to be, I think Lana did a good job, or Lana, Lana did a good job of kind of tying that together and making it cohesive. Um, and it... It still does feel like this was a movie that, you know, she looked at, you know, 18, 19 years later after the third movie and was like, oh, like, how could I extend this story? 
longer and so people would want to watch it which is fine but it makes me wonder did she really do this because she had a love for the franchise and she had a love for the story or did she do this did she do this because she just wanted to make more money off of the name of the trilogy and I'm leaning towards the latter because the story in the fourth movie just stood out so much. It didn't. It didn't feel like the. It didn't feel like the trilogy. It didn't feel like any of the other movies, and in a bad way. In a bad way. The thir- the three movies before this were just so smooth, and they had like, they just had like a certain. And I know this word gets used way too much, but they just had a certain energy to them, to where they all just felt so cohesive and so like smooth together. Even though I know a lot of people hated the writing in the in the third movie and like didn't think it was as good as the first two of which you know I agree but I do feel like it still flowed with the other twos the other two movies and the fourth movie was just so out of place it was so out of place Neo realizes that he needs to go find Trinity you know his his love who he's been in love with you know for all of the movies kind of not surprised but but he tries to go and find trinity and it's their story and journey together kind of navigating through all those implications and what that means for them and their love for each other great i think i would have liked to see more with the story but i don't know if it's all it's all good and well if the way that it's executed in the movie is also done well. And I would strongly argue that it was not. I mean, first of all, they didn't invite Lawrence Fishburne back, um, who played Morpheus in all the other movies. His stage presence is iconic. Like, you cannot, like, you cannot argue with me about Lawrence Fishburne, like, Man is a 10 out of 10 every time. And I don't know why they chose not to invite him back because he added a certain je ne sais quoi to the Matrix series that you could feel a void in this movie, The Matrix Resurrections. You like you could really, really tell that he wasn't there. And the person that ended up playing a certain sort of twist of the Morpheus character in the new Matrix, the Matrix Resurrections movie. Um, They're very clear that he is not a younger Morpheus. They're very clear about that in the movie. If you pay attention, they're very, very clear about that. Um, But I forget what this actor's name is. Um, he is the guy who also played the main character in Candyman. Um, his name is escaping me right now, but if you know, then you know. But he, I just like, I don't think his character added any value in the movie. And that's not shade on him as an actor. I think he did fine in the role. I just don't think the role was that important or that convincing or that moving or, you know, I I don't know, kind of could have done, not without it, but maybe just a different direction for it or just bring back Morpheus or just bring back Lawrence Fishburne. Like, I don't understand the direction for this new character. I really don't. 
Okay, I just looked up his name. His name is Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. He is the actor who plays that kind of replacement, but not Morpheus character. Um, I just didn't get it. I don't know. If someone wants to explain to me the importance or the relevance of that character and why they went in that direction as opposed to literally just doing a young Morpheus, please talk to me. Send me a message or something. I also felt like Jonathan Groff, who played a young Agent Smith, was not nearly as convincing as the Agent Smiths in the other movies. I I don't, I guess, just, I think the casting, the casting was just all wrong. Like, out besides Neo being Keanu Reeves, Trinity being Carrie Ann Moss, like, those are the two, like, arguably more iconic characters in the series that really can't be played by anyone else. Whoever did the casting beyond those two characters, I have questions. I have questions. Because even though Jonathan Gross is so talented, like that man is so talented, the way that he carried Glee for a while, the way that... He spent maybe five minutes on stage in Hamilton and fucking carried. Like, bro. Arguably, no, he is the best character in Hamilton. He had maybe five minutes of stage time and like blew everyone else out of the water. I don't, I didn't fucking like Hamilton, but his character, the king, I could watch him all day. Jonathan Gross is a very, very talented individual. He can sing, he can act. And he does them damn well. So I don't have a problem with Jonathan Gross. I have a problem with him being cast as an Agent Smith. Because what? He's not a smooth guy. He's not a smooth guy. Nor is he particularly conniving. In my view. Not convincingly. Not convincingly. Um, I think he did the best that he could have done in that role. But again, I don't think it was written well. He was not nearly as like polished in this movie as he was in the previous movies. And again, it just really contributed to this movie sticking out and not having the same feel as the trilogy. Another thing is they made, there was, there's like a subset of machines that they, made it a point to highlight in this fourth movie that are particularly friendly and helpful to humans and the way that they were presented in this movie reminded me of fucking guardians of the galaxy why am i why am i seeing little cutesy ass machines in a matrix movie this is the fucking Matrix. This is the fucking Matrix. Like, why do I understand the sentiment and the feeling of this trilogy more than you, Lana? More than you. I, do, I did not make tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars off this trilogy for you to throw it in the trash can like this. For you to throw it in the fucking bin. With these cute, with these cutesy ass little fucking machines, fucking Groot looking ass motherfuckers. 
This is not a Marvel movie. Lord. Pissed me off so fucking much. Like, I'm in the theater like, bitch, am I seeing what I think I fucking see? I've saved my biggest two gripes. My two biggest gripes for last, okay? The first one being there's absolutely, like, negligible martial arts in this movie. Riddle me the fuck that, okay? How do you make, how do you make a trilogy, a sci-fi trilogy with a huge base in martial arts? And then you fuck around and you say, okay, I want to make a fourth movie adding on to this. Who, and fully cognizant of the part of the big claim to fame for this trilogy is the martial arts. And you put no martial arts in it. How does that work? How does that work, Lana? Tell me. Tell me. And the little bit of martial arts that is in the movie isn't even from one of the main characters. Okay. Okay. And I'm also noticing that the only time that Neo is really put in a, you know, back against the wall, like cornered, like, damn, it really is, it's about to be over for Neo. He uses his fucking force field. That's the only shit that he do. Just uses his force field every single time. No martial arts, no kicks, no twirls, no jumps in the air. Nothing. Just that little fucking force field of blocking bullets, which is great and all. But bitch, weren't you fighting for decades? Weren't you like getting upgrades and shit? Where that at? And Trinity didn't do nothing either. She didn't do nothing. Ugh. We spent three movies watching this woman be such a badass in head to toe leather, riding motorcycles, doing stunts of a lifetime. Her and Neil both. And then we get to this this movie, and not a kick to be found, not a punch thrown. Bro. Do y'all hear the pain? Do y'all hear the pain in my heart? Here is the last point I'm going to make before we get into some audience reviews. I. There is no explanation for. There is a big kind of. I mean, not plot twist, but. There is something that happens to Trinity at the end that is kind of like this grand climactic moment. Um, And it happens at a time that if it didn't happen, her and Neil would both be dead. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about because it saves Neo's and her life at the very, you know, last moment. And there is absolutely no explanation for it. Absolutely none. There's no conversation in that movie, nor in any of the other movies or scene that explains why that happened in this movie. And Trinity herself doesn't even have an answer for it. 
It happens maybe in the last 10 minutes or less of the movie. And then the credits roll. Why? Are we just, I mean, there are so many movies that, you know, some sometimes things happen that are just fantastical in the movie and you just kind of roll with it because, you know, it's a great movie and sometimes things just don't need an explanation for it to like be celebrated by the audience and for people to kind of be on board with it. But for a trilogy that has taken so much time to explain a lot of things and go into the detail of a lot of things and to present a very complex topic to its audience, movie after movie after movie, for this to happen at the very end with no explanation was quite frankly rude. It was rude, especially to people who love sci-fi like me, I love movies that have complicated topics that go into the detail about a lot of things and are just so intricate and clearly are just well thought out and loved. I was offended. I was offended by this, Lana. I was offended by this. And um, Lana just, I mean... I know maybe she had some investors or whatnot, or I don't know if she even really cared. It didn't feel like she cared about this movie. It didn't feel like she cared about the audience. It didn't feel like she cared about the fan base that her and her sister spent years cultivating and building and, and, and loving, I don't know, surrounding with, you know, good movie after good movie after good movie after good story after good writing after good casting after good, you know, fight sequences, this movie just felt like a fucking slap in the face. Like, haha, I got your money. Get the fuck out. And I don't fucking like that. I don't fucking like that. Okay, let's see what the people have to say. I think most people are kind of on board with me um, as far as how good this movie was. 65% on Rotten Tomatoes, 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb, 2.5 out of 5 stars on Google Reviews. This person said, This movie takes everything you loved about The Matrix and turns it into a meta joke. For the sake of Lana not wanting Warner Bros. to just make the movie themselves, she took, she took the ball and ran over it with her car so that no one else could play with it. Honestly, I sat through this whole movie having gone in with low expectations and it still somehow disappointed me. I truly wish Lana could have just accepted that Warner helped the world see and appreciate the films. If you don't want your work being progressed or used, you fund it privately and don't want anyone involved you have issues with. But she did and then decided to take a massive dump all over the franchise for the sake of hoping to put them off making more. The movie is just meta jokes and nostalgia quite literally projected on the walls for you to remember what you were missing. This person said, pretty good extension of the originals, probably the best possible way to back into the prequels given the story. Although the action scenes are a little more confused than the original trilogy, rather than one-on-one -on -one fights with amazing framing and cinematography that led to the first trilogy being filled with awesome scenes, this seems more confused with more going on in a time with, less, with actions less framed. No moments, shots, or actions jump out as being iconic imagery in the way the original was. The plot is as complex and convoluted as expected, but could have done with a little more ex exposition to bring us from the previous movie, TBH. 
I was hoping for and expecting a scene setting everything out straight rather than many hints and snippets of previous events. Lots of callbacks and some amusing moments in the usage of the previous trilogy as part of a fictional game in the new Matrix, allowing us to see lots of scenes from the previous movies without it seeming like an excuse to fill up runtime with old footage. Soundtrack is pretty good, TBH, hits the same tone as the original. The use of different actors to play previously established characters is a little jarring and I'm not sure and I'm not certain Morpheus's presence was fully explained outside of being something created by Neo to help him find the way. The actor replacing Lawrence Fishburne is actually not bad and is fully aware of the role he's attempting to fill and has settled for a I can't be the real Mor Morpheus but I'm just going to have more fun with this. His characterization actually makes it more appealing than it would be if it were someone trying to fill the role as serious as a serious part in imitating Fishburne that would have gone down badly and been very awkward. So instead, we get a fake, fake Fishburne that's lighter and doesn't act like some kind of prophet. Gonna throw it out too, Carrie and Moss could have done with a shave. Cinematography did her no favors with all the backlit lighting and make her peach fuzz kind of distracting. Of course, she's an older lady now and her look shouldn't be a dictating factor, but I'm sure she would agree if she had known that she would have had it sorted out. To sum it up, not as good as the first first Matrix movie, but better than its sequels, although its sequels are required viewing to understand the plot. Okay, while I agree with many things that this person was saying, I don't know where people get off on like going on the internet to comment about people's body hair. You know everyone has fucking body hair, right? You know it's like literally a natural bodily process to have body hair, right? Maybe Carrie Ann Moss did know that her peach fuzz was apparent in the scene and was like, I don't fucking care. I'm a multimillionaire off of three movies. Keep that shit in. Maybe that was her. Maybe that was her decision. Like, who the, who the fuck are you? Lee Goins? To tell a woman whether or not she needs a shave? Hello? Hello? Like, even though I agreed with a lot of things that you were saying before that, now I'm like, fuck you and your review. I didn't even know you were going to go there until I started reading it, and I was like, oh, this dude is a dick. And, I, like, you were like, but I'm sure she would agree that if she had known, she would have had it sorted out. What's there to sort? What is there to sort, my guy? There is nothing to sort. Fuck you. Clearly, I have some strong feelings about this movie. Clearly, many other people have strong feelings about this movie. I think I'm more critical about it than the general public. But it was because it's because I just have so much love for the Matrix trilogy and what it's about, what it brought to the table, what it did for film, what it did for, I don't know, for me, I guess, I don't know, um, and so this movie just felt like a fucking slap in the face, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's quite upsetting, I, I would give it, like, a five or a four out of ten, if what that first reviewer was saying about how Lana, Lana didn't want Warner Brothers to, you know, use her work and, like, you know, make another movie and just and wanted to, like, prevent them from making money off the movie. I get it. 
but you I don't know like if you're gonna do that you kind of gotta do a good job and you did a terrible job Lana I'm sorry to say this was not it this was not it and like I understand it fucking sucks to like potentially have your work being presented by another bigger corporation that doesn't necessarily may not necessarily understand your work and like the effort and the time that you put in to conceptualize a story and a trilogy in movies like this I I don't think I could ever creatively I'm not gonna talk down to myself but like I just don't see myself creatively putting something together of this magnitude for everyone in the world to see and have that much like viewership on it and for it to be an for it to be a success like that I don't think that's something that I will ever do not gonna say never say never but that's just like not me that I see right now so I applaud her and her sister for doing that and being incredibly successful at it and to see potentially see that not go down the drain but be handled by people in a corporation who don't understand that maybe is tough and so I would get if like you would want to do that on your own um but this was not good it was not a good movie it was not a good attempt at a movie and I think she did a really big disservice to herself to her fans to the franchise and to the brand that is the matrix and that's so so disappointing if you were like me and you really cared about the matrix trilogy you really cared about the movies you cared about what those movies brought to the table of cinema and film when they were released and beyond i don't want to say don't watch the movie because if you want to watch it and talk to me about like your feelings about it or your thoughts about it or how it affected you i'm always i'm always all ears but watch it with appropriate expectations watch it with the knowledge that it is nothing like any of the other previous three movies sometimes that's okay and the movie is still good sometimes that's really not okay <laughs> and the movie is bad and i in my opinion i think it was not okay and the movie was bad um but sometimes you know it's the way the cookie crumbles so with that thank you for listening to another episode of film with cj if you like this podcast follow the podcast twitter at film with cj give me a rating and by rating i mean five stars only bitch um i have another movie review in the works that i'll put out next thursday as always and so i will talk to y'all then see ya